Visionary Voices is a podcast from the Wallace Center at Winrock International developed to highlight the Food Systems Leadership Network, a national community of practice that connects emerging and existing leaders for peer-to-peer learning and support, professional development, resource sharing, and more. This series features conversations with leaders in the national good food movement, exploring their personal backgrounds, leadership journey, and stories from the field. Somebody said to me the other day, if they just did farm to school, everything else would be fine. And, you know, in some ways, it's, it's actually true. <laughs> I, I believe that, that that is, you know, yeah, we have a silver bullet here with farm to school. Um, no, no so it's the jokes apart. This is Visionary Voices, stories from the good food movement, a podcast highlighting the voices of people dedicated to creating social change through food. I'm Megan Bucknam, and this audio series is comprised of interviews with some of the mentors of the Wallace Center's Food Systems Leadership Network. This is Anupama Joshi. I'm the executive director and co-founder of the National Farm to School Network. The beauty of Farm to School is that it touches so many people, right from students to you know families to um, to food service uh, or administrators at the school district level or the school level. And then also, you know, the larger community and farmers. And so there's so many different people that can benefit from, you know, from this one initiative that can happen at a, at a school. Uh, that's just, you know, to me, incredible. It's pretty incredible what systems and community changes can happen through a farm to school program. Even though these changes can be really broad, farm to school itself is a really specific type of food program which makes me really curious, Anupama, about how you got into this line of work. I, I grew up in India, uh, in the capital city of India, New Delhi, and, um, which is an urban center. Um, and I spent uh, the first 25 years or so of my life uh, in India, in various parts of India. Um, for the last several years, I've been out of India and have lived in various parts of the world. Uh, I've lived in Thailand, in Malaysia, in Europe, and then here in the U.S. So uh, I think all of those experiences are um, certainly a big part of who I am. I, I have a background in nutrition, and, and for the past um, several years before I came to the United States, had been working on nutrition, food systems, and agriculture. And when I came to the United States, I, I was in LA and started really you know, trying to meet people to, to find out what was happening and understand the landscape and was fortunate enough to connect with the budding farm to school movement that was starting up in California at that time. And as I worked on that uh, California-based project uh, for about three or four years, I connected with a lot of people uh, across the country at conferences that I was meeting and at presentations that I was doing about what was happening in California and realized that there was a, there was a need for a larger connection to happen at the national level because we were facing the same barriers. We were uh, asking the same questions. And a couple of us were constantly bumping into each other and you know, using ourselves as, um, as our peers to learn from each other. And that's the genesis of the National Farm to School Network. I didn't know this you know, a couple of years back, but as I started working on um, the planning for the National Farm to School Network, I think it, it occurred to me that I, there's a sort of a core belief in me that 
um, that collaboration really is the, you know, is the way forward that, you know, working in isolation is never going to get anybody anywhere at all. And so that sort of is, you know, is at the very core of what I, you know, I truly believe in, you know, working together with partners and with individuals and, you know, not sort of flying solo uh, in any way. And that to me, I think, is a skill set that I've um, I, ha I probably had that since I set up the National Primary School Network or thought through it. But um, I think that is a skill um, that I have uh, honed in on and, you know, improved on as the years have gone. I love the emphasis you place on collaboration. And I think we all know how hard it can be to develop really strong partnerships. From what you have told me, and from what I know about the National Farm to School Network, it seems like your ability to facilitate relationships is definitely on point, which is probably really helpful as an executive director. Can you describe your role a bit more? Over the years, as our staff have grown and we've you know, built our capacity around, um, around policy advocacy and you know, programmatic uh, sort of direction and operations and fundraising, my role is to sort of, you know, keep all of those things happening, but also um, has focused a lot on, um, you know, establishing systems so that we are able to sort of wrap our brains and head around all the different things that are happening all across the country. Who are some of the people working within these systems that you have built? All our staff are based all across the country, um, and that's by design My as well. My name is Helen Dumbalis based in Fort Collins, Colorado. My name is Lacey Stevens, based in Bozeman, Montana. My name is Jessica Goodmanson, and I am based in Atlanta. To make sure that our staff have connections with, uh, you know, with Farm to School initiatives and our partners in the states that they are living in and working out of. Um, and that, I think, uh, brings a richer uh, understanding and a context um, so that it's not just that the you know, organization is based in D.C. and you know, we only understand that locality of farm to school. We understand Montana, North Carolina, Colorado, Washington, D.C., uh, you know, Georgia, just because of our, our presence of our staff in different locations. One of our partners used to say um, that the National Farm to School Network, uh, the network of stakeholders uh, really works on the principles of R&D, which is not research and development, but rip off and duplicate, which, you know, in, in the right, you know, in the good way. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially it is that it is it is about not, you know, reinventing the wheel and, you know, uh, and helping uh, helping those that are facing similar issues or barriers that you've already, you know, have some solutions for and sharing that with them. More on the role of relationships in farm to school programs after a short break. Like Anupama, the Wallace Center at Winrock International also believes in the power of collaboration and relationships in building more robust, sustainable regional food systems. Working across the good food value chain, the Wallace Center cultivates communities of practice, provides technical assistance, and connects practitioners to resources to effectively catalyze shifts in regional food systems thinking and practice. Learn more on our website, wallacecenter.org. The, the best part of, um, of the role is the relationships, the people, uh, the, the organization is a network. So it's all about people and relationships and the many relationships that have formed over the last you know, 10 years that I've been part of this um, are, I think, the most valuable um, to me. And those are 
what in some ways, you know, keep the network going. Um, you know, all of us do this work. Um, many of us in the good food you know, movement here are, are doing this work because we are passionate about, you know, making, making these changes happen. And so there are professional relationships, but they also, you know, um, you know, tend to be then, you know, personal friends as well um, after so many years of engagement. Um, so to me, those are, you know, those are precious and um, that's the best part about the role. People seem to really be the cornerstone for farm to school. I know I experienced this firsthand when I was working in farm to school and was able to meet and work alongside amazing people involved in producing, preparing, and promoting regional foods within the Philadelphia School District. Are there any particular stories that stand out to you about people engaged in farm to school work? One of my favorite stories is, uh, is from uh, a food service director called Donna Martin in Burke County, Georgia, when she does in her school district this program called Harvest of the Month, where a local product is uh, featured in the cafeteria, but also also talked about or featured in you know classroom lessons and taste tests in the classroom uh, for a month, and, and it's also uh, incorporated into the into the um, cafeteria menu. She, she got a call from the local grocery store say, you know, requesting her that the school district should give the grocery store a heads up uh, as to what products they were gonna be talking about because their shelves were, you know, entirely, you know, going empty and, you know, they didn't have enough stock because um, parents for kids were going back home and talking about these products that they were um, tasting and then going to the grocery store with their parents to buy it. And that to me is really the ultimate goal of farm to school. The fact that they are actually taking it back home is, you know, is making is making changes in how families are eating as well and how the community is eating as, as well. And, um, you know, the school is just one part of the, the child's experience and the family and the community at large is, you know, is another part of it. And so unless changes can happen at, you know, at both levels, um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't make, you know, it's not going to have a lasting change. And so it goes to show what kids can, uh, you know, can make happen if they're convinced about it, they'll bug their parents to buy it. And, you know, it's, it's marketing 101, get the kids <laughs> excited about it. Just trying something once, um, you know, doesn't, Cut it at all. You've got to. You anybody, you know, a child or an adult needs to try something at least. I believe research says, twelve to fifteen times to be even. You know, to a point to, to get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to try this again. Uh, our partners have shared that um, trying out foods in different, um, you know, uh, prepared in different ways. So you know, boiled, braised, uh, roasted. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, you know, in different foods is, is how kids get, and raw, of course, um, how kids get to taste different kinds of um, foods. The kids really get excited about different varieties of things. So, you know, looking at the size and the shape of different tomatoes or apples um, and, you know, the color and the feel, the texture, that sort of sensory um, you know, touch and smell and uh, and feel in addition to taste is is very important for the taste test. Our partners vouch by the you know by a strategy which is stickers. T stickers are huge with kids, uh, especially in the elementary 
um, school level and they love uh, they love stickers of different you know bright colors and shapes and uh, and they love to show off that they've participated in something these kids are really part of something truly wonderful and i'm so glad to hear that so many of them are excited to wear a sticker to show off trying new foods this next generation is growing up with experiences that really connect them with their regional food system with this in mind, where, in your opinion, Anupama, do you see farm to school and the good food movement being in the next 25 years? One of the things that we talk about in terms of contributions of the organization is to have all, um, you know, all schools, um, all school sites and all early care education sites in the country implement farm to school. You know, we are not that far away from that goal, um, uh, more so with uh, with schools than early care centers. So about 40% of schools are implementing farm to school right now in the country, which is, you know, is huge, but there's, you know, more to be done. And how do we do it in a way that is, um, that is really reaching, um, you know, the most needy populations and getting the, you know, getting the word out and getting the capacity built in the locations that are not so affluent to be able to, you know, implement farm to school. So that's certainly an organizational and a personal, you know, goal of mine as well. Where I would see it, you know, 25 years from now, we are not talking about this anymore, that this is, you know, this is a norm. Um, we are not talking about communities not having, you know, grocery stores or access to uh, fresh fruits and vegetables and healthier foods. We are not talking about um, schools not having kitchens um, and, you know, any kind of infrastructure facilities to, you know, to prepare fresh fruits and vegetables and, and healthier options. We are not talking about, you know, regulations that are, um, that are prohibitive to make innovations happen in the school food environment. We are not talking about our kids not knowing, you know, where, uh, where food comes from. If it becomes the fabric of society, then, you know, that would be, that would be a dream come true. Here's to your vision for the future coming true. It seems like to get us there, we really need to work on transferring a lot of knowledge that we have to the next generation. I know the Wallace Center's Food Systems Leadership Network is one attempt at creating more mentorship experiences. How would you describe the role of mentorship within your career? Uh, I, I wouldn't be here um, if it was not for various people across the, you know, across the years that have mentored me, have listened to me, have sort of picked me up when I was down, you know, come up with some options for me to consider. Yeah, so I think mentorship, I've certainly benefited from it over the last uh, 15 years. And, you know, I, I strive to be that person for, you know, for um, folks that are, uh, are younger than me or, you know, inexperienced. You know, there are folks that I call on often and have those relationships when, you know, when, it, uh, when there is a situation where I'm feeling like there's no solution or, you know, feeling down or whatever. There are people that I have called, you know, they are mentors, they're also peers, they're just, you know, good thinkers that I, I count on and um, you know, they've come through, you know, they have certainly given me advice and feedback that has, um, that has helped. And I, you know, I, I, I've tried to do that, I think, through my role as executive director for my staff, as well as for, you know, for my partners as well, to be there available, you know, the door being open for, you know, a conversation about anything that you're, you know, facing. Um, so that's, I think, you know, extremely, that has been extremely helpful uh, for me. And that couldn't have happened if I had not, um, 
if I had not been part of such a large network of, you know, people, I mean, even within the partner organizations uh, that we have all across the country, there's, you know, folks that have been with the organization, you know, in the early years of the network and now are doing something entirely different, but they're there. I know that they're there and I can call on them. I think broadly speaking, I would echo again the theme of network development and network maintenance, because there's, there's a lot that goes into maintaining a network. You know, you can develop a network for sure and maintaining it over a period of 10 years and, and still keeping it a robust network, you know, takes a lot of resilience and takes a lot of uh, patience and I think a lot of relationship development. Thinking through, you know, what is the collective impact of the work that we are all doing across the country, um, you know, how do you, how do you sustain yourself, I think, uh, is something that I am happy to talk about as well, because there are, you know, there are ups and downs in this work. Uh, we, we do this work because we are passionate about it and, you know, sometimes the going's good and sometimes they're not. And how do you, how do you again, you know, reach out to people, um, ask the right questions and, you know, think through some options of, you know, what might be possibilities for you and your organization to continue to move forward because the work, you know, is not done. Collaboration in the true sense is also about, you know, relationship building and, and listening and, you know, and being, I think being open uh, and being, you know, being willing to, you know, take the criticism that comes with, you know, having 200 plus partners all across the country. Each organization that is our partner obviously has their own mission and vision and way of operating right so you're getting 200 you know pieces of feedback on you know one thing that you ask for feedback on and how do you take that and listen to what is you know what you're hearing and then you know turn it into um, into a conversation and turn it into something that you can move forward with because with 200 pieces of feedback coming towards you you can come to a standstill you know you can just say well hands up you know i can't do anything at all the, the feedback is obviously important. Uh, and so to be able to tease through that feedback and, and then have a further conversation, I think that's the skill that I've, uh, I've certainly honed in on as, um, as, as the years have gone in my, in my role as executive director. And while you're in it, you're like, oh my God, you know, how do I do this? But as you, you know, as you come out at the end of the tunnel, you're like, okay, this was a good process. I think I can make some more improvements, but um, you know, it's always, it's, it's always about, you know, learning from, from what happened. And yeah, there's so many, I mean, I can think of so many examples um, across the last 10 years uh, that, that speak to this particular, um, you know, particular situation of gathering feedback and, and moving forward. So speaking of moving forward, do you have any other ideas for food-related work you would like to try? Personally, I've, I've always... Um, wanted to sort of connect at the international level. You know, in the work that I do, I have slowly started, you know, getting an international feel of what, you know, school food looks like. And I see that there's a, I see that there's a potential to share, you know, even broader than within the United States, not just about farm to school, but about other interesting initiatives that are happening around good food. And um, I don't see a space for that right now and, and would love to you know, hear folks that have ideas around how to make that happen. One opportunity for community engagement around the future of school food in the United States and abroad is the National Farm to Cafeteria Biannual Conference. It's a fantastic opportunity to 
network with uh, people that are working across the farm cafeteria, across the good food uh, movement uh, space and, uh, you know, be inspired by things that are happening and take the learning back to your communities. So if you have an opportunity, um, I would encourage you to attend that and I look forward to seeing you there. Another reason Anupama thinks their conference is great? And we throw a good party, so let's keep that, keep that tradition going. Mentorship can play a critical role in the growth and success of emerging leaders. The Food Systems Leadership Network offers a semi-annual community food mentorship program where emerging leaders can apply to work with truly extraordinary and dedicated food systems leaders. If you or someone you know would be interested in becoming a mentor or applying for mentorship, contact us at fslninfo at winrock.org. That's fslninfo at winrock dot org. Thank you so much to all the leaders and mentors involved in the Food Systems Leadership Network, a community of practice to support leaders and staff of nonprofit, community-based organizations working on food systems change. You can learn more about the Wallace Center and the Food Systems Leadership Network on our website, wallacecenter.org. This podcast was created, edited, and produced by Megan Bucknam and Hannah Mellian.